Thank you for downloading the Southeast Economics Podcast. If you'd like more information about Southeast Economics and what we can offer, go to the website www.southeasteconomics.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Southeast Economics Podcast. I'm very pleased to be joined today by David Gray. David's very kindly agreed to provide an interview discussing the major findings from his recently completed review of Off What. Before we get to chatting to David, it's worth mentioning that the earlier editions of the podcast featuring interviews with Harry Bush and Bill Emery are available from the website, which is southeasteconomics.co.uk. Obviously, you can also listen to the podcast via iTunes, searching for regulatory economics. Okay, so I'm joined today by David Gray. I know David from my time at the CEA, where David's a non-executive director. He's also a non-executive of Pilkin Petroleum, and he's a member of the Council of Management for the Regulatory Policy Institute. David has recently completed a government-sponsored review of Ofwat, where the challenge was to assess whether the economic regulator for the water sector is fit for the future challenge, and he published his findings in July. Welcome, David. Thank you. We're going to talk in quite a bit of detail about various aspects of your review, but I wonder if we can start off with you talking us through the headlines. I think there were three or four main things. The most obvious recommendation, which I think the industry would be interested in, was that we felt that the the burden of regulation in the industry had just grown to an unsustainable level and had to be cut back. Stepping back from that, though, we were also asked to look at the the regulatory structure and so on. And the conclusion there was that the overall regulatory system in the sector was was properly set up and was perfectly capable of working well. But that what needed to be done was various things to make it work better. And as I said, the burden of regulation on the companies was one of them. The way they related to other players in the sector was another. And then there were a series of other recommendations about use of incentives, uh, the form of the licenses. And in particular, there was to some extent a separate issue about consumer representation where we took the view that the existing arrangements with the Consumer Council for Water were actually working quite well and should be retained. Okay, I mean, my reading of the report, and this is a a very broad brush conclusion, you might say that you've given the sector a clean bill of health, but in a number of areas you've recommended some specific areas for improvement. You've concluded that the burden of regulation in the water sector is excessive um, and that's something that needs to be looked at. Can you just amplify that a little bit and talk us through how you see that panning out? Well, I suppose there are two ways you can get to a position of excessive regulation in the sector. One one is that the the volume of regulation just grows, and the other is that you stay the same, but actually the sector has become more competitive, and regulation hasn't reacted to that. But this is definitely the former. The volume has just grown steadily since privatisation. And one of the companies made the point to me beautifully by sitting me in a room and showing me their submissions to the 1999 price control review and beside them their submissions to the 2009 price control review and there was literally a factor of 10 I would say difference from you know on one side one or two lever arch files through to the other side 10 or 15 and that's a very simplistic way of judging it obviously but I think it gives you the feel for it and along with that goes some quite unhelpful things it's not just the volume of work, it's it's the amount of management focus that has to go into price control regulation rather than running the company. And so I think the the, the recommendation to reduce the burden is you know, makes sense in itself as a better regulation. 
uh, point, but it's also important for freeing up the companies to, to do things better. So it's for off what and the companies now to think about how in practice the burden's reduced over time. Yeah, and you're right, it is for both of them, because I think it's very much a self-feeding process. The more off what looks at things in detail, the more the companies want to give them the detail to make sure their plans are approved. And so it spirals upwards. And I think it's going to require quite a serious culture change on both sides to fix that. And to be fair, I think they all recognise that. Offworld has already started a process of trying to reduce the burden, particularly in annual data reporting. And I think the companies are thinking about how to respond to it. But I mean, our recommendation was that they really do need to get on with it on both, okay. on both sides. You've also suggested there should be more joined-up efforts between the various players in the sector, so off what the quality regulators, CC Water, although he did stop short of recommending any institutional changes. What should change in practice, do you think? This is all to do with working relationships. I think I would put your point more strongly than that we just didn't recommend any change. I think, quite positively, the structure in the sector, I think, is a strength the fact that there are separate quality regulators and an economic regulator and a consumer representative is a good thing. And I think it's a much better, more workable and sustainable setup than in the energy sector, for instance. The trouble is it brings a need for working relationships. And there's always going to be some friction, but there seem to be rather more of it than there ought to be. And I suppose at its simplest, the impression that we got, if you look at the price control process, was that everybody else worked away at thinking about what was needed and feeding it into the company business plans. But Offworth sat in the background without taking part. And then when it came to its interim determinations, drew a red line through lots of the stuff that the other parties thought they'd agreed. And then there's a frantic sort of few months of resubmissions, trying to have things reinstated and so on. And that just struck me as a very ineffective use of people's time. And I think that the parties in the sectors have to come up with a way of doing that more effectively. And it's in line with the burden reduction recommendation. It's to make the process work more smoothly and reduce the amount of, of frankly, wasted effort. And how does that play into the quadripartite theme? So, as I understand it, at the last review, there was a move to establish these quadripartite groups. Is that the answer? Is that part of the answer or does more need to be done? I think the quadripartite uh, process was a really good idea. It needs some developing. It's a sort of early stage version of constructive engagement and negotiated settlement, but it gets all the parties to the table so they understand each other. And at the margin, where there are decisions to be made on the scope of the investment programme in particular, it's a really helpful way of trying to work out what makes sense and what should be done. The obvious characteristic of the water sector is that bills are a major issue and there's a real constraint on what can be done in view of the potential impact on on bills. And so in the discretionary area of CapEx, you're really trading off, is this this worth it against what it's going to cost? And the quadripartite process was a really good way of sorting that out. But I think it needs more active involvement of the economic regulator of Ofwat or a greater willingness on Offworth's part just to accept what comes out of that process, perhaps. But something needs to work better than it did last time. One of the other themes that emerged from your report was the assessment of governance arrangements and a perceived lack of accountability of Offworth. Now, I think that probably extends beyond the water sector. There's a question mark over how any economic regulator is held to account by Parliament or by other bodies. What's your thinking on that? Is there things that could be done better to make sure that regulators are more accountable? 
Uh, I think there are, but it's difficult. I think first let's distinguish between governance and accountability. I think the governance in the sense of the operation of the board and its treatment of the statutory duties of the regulator and so on is all fine. I found no, nothing particular wrong in that respect. But what I heard from a wide range of parties was a degree of dissatisfaction on accountability. In other words, who holds off what to account if people think that they're not doing the job properly. And that really is a, a common feature across all the regulated sectors. There was a report published on this back in 2007 by a House of Lords Select Committee, which had a quote in it, which I thought just summed it up. It said the question of who regulates the regulators has not gone away and has not been answered. And it still hasn't. Uh, you can see that from the responses we got. In principle, the answer is Parliament, and that is done through select committees. Uh, in practice, that's proved to be a very unsatisfactory way of doing it. And my view is that the answer lies in two things. One is more transparency in the regulators. And by that, I mean more clarity, perhaps, about what their objectives are, what they're really trying to achieve, and the provision of a framework against which their progress can be measured. And then the other aspect has to be some audit of that, some checking of that. And so we recommended an increased role for the National Audit Office in looking at the performance of regulators over and above what it does already, which is a value for money study. Mm. But the National Audit Office had already itself concluded that the position was unsatisfactory because it finds it difficult to measure value for money without understanding the objectives that are there. So I think there's a combination of things you can do to make it more obvious that regulators are being held to account, but it requires this openness about what they're trying to achieve. And I think, again, Ofwat accepts that and is working towards that, but I think it's important that they do it. So that would entail some kind of upfront objectives or outcomes being established by the regulator, and then after that, the National Audit Office would come along and determine what progress has been made against those, perhaps in a more of a qualitative way than in a quantitative value for money type approach? I think the important point is that it will be qualitative to a great extent. Uh, I think it would be a bad idea to start trying to set quantitative targets because a lot of the things that regulators are trying to achieve are just not really susceptible to that kind of analysis. But I don't think that means you can't do it at all. It means you have to think hard about how you describe your objective so that some qualitative assessment can be made of how you're getting on and then the NAO can make an assessment on value for money because they can see how much money is being deployed relative to what's actually coming out of the process. One for regulators and other sectors to think about as well because, as you said, who regulates the regulators is an important question. Yeah. Moving on to licence reform, my reading of the report was that this was quite a thorny subject where the companies seemed resistant to some of the changes that Offwater is proposing to introduce. What's your impression of licence reform debate? That's a perfectly fair assessment of the company's reaction. The water company licences are rather odd in my previous experience. They were drafted individually. They are quite significantly different in some respects between the companies. And they show all the signs of being very early stage licences that haven't been seriously improved since. There could be massive improvements in clarity and drafting and so on. What is actually needed is a set of licences that are clear and are relatively easy to change as long as there are the necessary checks and balances for the companies to be able to appeal. 
And so what I'd like to see is more standardization of licenses so that they apply across the industry and can be changed on a collective basis. The companies are not keen on that, and frankly it's because they rather like the position in which it is very difficult for Ofwat to change their licenses. But I think that's a very bad idea. It's a very bad reason for resisting license reform. What you really need is to make sure that there's a proper appeals process which protects them rather than having sort of structural blockage just because it's too difficult. And so the message in this respect was really to the industry. It is license reform is necessary and is in principle a good thing. Don't block it. Just in terms of timing, and I'm showing my own ignorance of the water sector here, but generally major license reform is at the time um, that the price cap is reset. Is, is that the thinking here or is it something that's ahead of the next price cap? I, I think this has be? to be done as an ongoing process outside of the price control timetable because there really is a lot to be done. The first stage is to simplify the licences dramatically and that should be capable of being done by a process of negotiation with the industry and I think that should just be carrying on anyway. Again, and you'll find this is a theme of the whole report of what has agreed with this and had already worked it out and had started a process to do it so that the process exists. The recommendation was really to say, yes, it's important, and, and in particular that the industry should cooperate rather than resisting. Moving on to the issue of consumer representation, this was one of the issues that was highlighted at the outset. Your review is something for you to specifically look at. So it seems to me that CC Water and other consumer bodies and other sectors provide quite a valuable counterweight to the views of the companies because consumer bodies tend to come in with a a different perspective than that of the regulator. Was that part of the thinking and your recommendations on consumer representation? It was, but there was a much more pressing question because a separate government department, Business Innovation and Skills, was looking at the whole area of consumer representation. And a couple of months after we started the review, they published a consultation document with their initial thinking on this and their proposal is that all of the sector consumer bodies should be brought together and merged into the citizens advice service and so the proposal on the table from another part of government would be that uh, the consumer council of water would disappear into citizens advice and so I suppose the the subtext was we were asked if we agreed with that And I confess slightly to my surprise, I thought that the arrangements for consumer representation in the sector were working really quite well. And I say surprise because I've seen it in other sectors. And in comparison with other sectors, I found the approach of CC Water to be very constructive and very helpful to the process. We mentioned the quadripartite process earlier. Their their input to that was very constructive. And virtually nobody I spoke to had any real complaint about the organisation. There there were nuances to it and so on, but nobody was saying you could do something substantially better than this. And given that there's a lot of change going on in the water sector, there's some off-water reviewing its whole approach to price control regulation, there's a lot of issues to do with climate change and new EU directives, I think there's a real risk in tinkering with a form of consumer representation that at the moment is working quite well. So we recommended that the existing arrangements should be left in place, in particular that the functions currently carried out by CC Water should continue, but also that the best way to do that was to keep it in existence. One of the other issues that jumped out at me was this idea of more positive incentives, so a bit more carrot to go along with the stick. What did you have in mind there? I think what we had in mind was 
based on the proposition that the companies need to change. The water companies struck me as relatively unchanged by the process of privatisation in the period since compared with other sectors I've looked at, which probably didn't matter for some time, but increasingly there are reasons for wanting them to look more imaginatively at the way they do things, at the way they look at the various issues being raised by Europe on uh, river basin quality and the environment and so on. And I think that in a world where you want companies to start behaving differently and being more innovative, you need positive incentives to manoeuvre them into that position. The incentives in the water sector have been very much targeted at improved performance, efficiency and lower cost to minimise the increase in bills. The classic RPI-X approach. And I think for a long time that was appropriate. But I think equally that if you want the companies to behave differently, you need to give them a carrot. And I would like Ofwat in its review of incentive mechanisms to have a real look at the balance of carrot and stick, essentially. Did you get as far as identifying examples of where there may be scope for more carrots, or is that one for Ofwat in the industry? To think I think that's Ofwat. We had a lot of input from companies we spoke to in particular who said that the incentive regime was far too negative. We had environmental groups that said the companies actually had some perfectly sensible ideas about how to improve things but had no incentive to do it. The evidence that something could be done better I think was reasonably clear but we didn't really have the time or the opportunity to go into the detail and Ofwat has launched a study of this. I'd be interested to see what they come up with. Yes. And and just before leaving the question of incentives, I think it relates quite closely to a couple of other things we spoke about earlier, which were the need for joined-up working between the regulators and the need for a reduction of the burden of regulation. And I think the whole point is that if we're trying to get the companies to behave differently, all of those things need to happen. You need clearer input from the regulators as to what the companies are required to do You need more space for them to think about how to do it. So you need to reduce the burden of data reporting and price control information. And then you need some positive incentives to get on with it. So I see those three recommendations as fitting together very much into one sphere of activity. And I think they all need to happen. So moving on slightly from discussing the substance of your review and thinking a bit more about the process How does a government review like this come about? How did you become involved and how did you go about your work? When you were set the challenge, how did you respond in terms of actually putting together a work programme and thinking about how you were going to answer the questions you were asked? Well, the idea for the review arose as part of a quite wide-ranging process of building up for a white paper on policy in the water sector. There had been two major reviews of aspects of the sector already, one by Martin Cave looking at the scope for further introduction of competition and markets into the sector, and another by Anna Walker looking at the contentious issues of pricing and water poverty and so on. So a lot had been done on the big policy issues in the sector, and the government department, DEFRA, felt that they needed also to look at whether there were any blockages to sorting out those policy questions that were built into the regulatory regime. So that was why the review happened. I was approached, I think, just because of my background, first of all, knowledge of network regulation when I was at Ofwat, and also the fact that I had just taken part in a review of airport regulation. 
and so I was reasonably au fait with the concepts. I had a small amount of resource from DEFRA. It was a DEFRA review that I was leading. There was a team in DEFRA of a small number of people, but I got enormous help from the department, from the companies, and from lots of other people. The process was very easy in that respect. The, the difficulty is more sorting through all the information you're getting and making something of it rather than getting the cooperation. So we spent two months really just getting out and learning about the sector, finding out what the issues were. We put out a call for evidence. Then when the responses came in, we spent another two or three months really just working through that and having follow-up meetings with the people who had responded. And then several months just developing the response to that and, and drafting the report. In terms of government involvement then, were ministers involved much in the day-to-day activity or what was the interface with ministers? Ministers weren't involved actively. It wasn't a politically-led review. There wasn't an agenda from the ministers. So I met with Richard Bennion, the the Minister for State, on a number of occasions during the review, but the purpose of the meetings was to keep him up to speed as to what we were doing and to inform him of where the review was going so that there could be a response from a political response if required. But actually, we were left very much to come to our own conclusions, and it was, a, I thought, a very uh, useful process in that sense. And have you had much feedback at all in, in the two months since you published your conclusions? Uh, not very much as yet, because the report was published just before the summer. I think there will be much more over the next few months. Um, DEFRA is intending to produce its white paper on the sector uh, by the end of the year, and so the fourth quarter is the period when the decisions will be made as to what recommendations to incorporate in the white paper and and, and how to take policy forward. Okay, that's excellent. Thanks, David. That was a very interesting interview. Thank you. So thanks very much to David. It's very interesting to hear both about the substance of his findings and the process for going through this kind of government-sponsored review. Thanks also to MacGyver for his help in producing the show. As ever, we're definitely interested in feedback. We are conscious that the first three editions of the show have been quite heavily focused towards regulators. We would be very interested to interview someone from a regulated company. So if you're interested in coming on to the show, please get in touch by emailing podcast at southeasteconomics.co.uk. Until next time, all the best.